as this is the first episode of the year, I thought about doing something new to me at the very least. Hello everyone, welcome to the Wave Initiative, I'm your host, The Wave. This is the show where every other week I'll be talking about anime, manga and everything in between. This week I'll be talking about uh, my first, let's say, Gundam experience, Gundam The Witch from Mercury or Mobile Suite Gundam uh, Suse no Majo. So before I even start, I have to give some disclaimers. The first disclaimer is, as I said, this is the first time I'm actually watching a Gundam anime. I have seen a lot of Gundam anime come and go, and I never actually watched any of this. I may have maybe watched one episode some like 10 years ago, but to what matters, is that I have never watched again an anime, so I don't actually know how these things work. And for the most part, I'm not involved neither in Gundam nor Gunpla and the model building kind of stuff. So for all the Gundam aficionados and actual fans of the franchise, please forgive me if I get something wrong. Another disclaimer is that following the fact that this is the first Gundam experience, I tried to research if I needed to watch any of the other Gundams before it, and apparently there's no interconnection between the series, just maybe some references that they give throughout this, uh, the anime, but there's no actual need to actually watch the other Gundams, but from what I can gather from watching this, maybe there is some things that flew over my head and I didn't get it because I never watched another Gundam, but still that I don't actually know that because this is the only one that I watched. Following that, as I said, the lore I don't actually know and many of the things that happens I, I, I think flew over my head. The other thing is, spoiler alert, I will spoil most of the f first season, but the second season is not so much because the second season has a little something that happens by the well, kind of beginning that kind of really changes the perspective of the whole series from that point forward, so I will not be talking about that, I will try to skirt around it and not mention it, but be advised that for the most part I will spoil what happens in most of the anime. That being said, let's start with the stats of the anime. So this specific mobile Sweet Gundam, uh, The Witch from Mercury, it originally has a prologue uh, released on July 2022, it, ha it is a normal episode it gives a pretty good setup and I would say that it's not even a prologue really that's episode considered episode zero because you actually need to watch it to get what's happening throughout the whole anime because it sets up our main protagonist and sets up the plot of the whole series later on I will not be talking about much of the prologue but we'll get there when we get there. Then we have the actual anime with 24 episodes from October 2022 to July 2023. Uh, we have a novel that started on October 2022. And then we have the light novel that started January 2023. And then the manga that started May 2023 and hasn't yet finished. So the anime and now with the sets done, 
Oh, also, the studio that made it, it's the same studio that does all the Gundams, from what I gather. Sunrise, it has some help from other studios doing the 3D effects and some other stuff, but that's, for the most part, I can attribute it to Sunrise. Then, now I have to start with the story. So, first off, the prologue. The prologue, I will try to be pretty brief on it. The prologue, basically, it shows us our main characters for the whole story. So we have Elnora and Nadine as two researchers working in the Vanadis research station. I think it's research station, research base. I, I don't actually know. In, uh, I think it's the moon or maybe other star. I don't actually remember this part. And they are researchers that use, they research Gundams. And so they build Gundams and so on and so forth. So for this setup, and this is actually something that comes up, to use the Gundam, a Gundam is a mecha, but it has to kind of connect with the user in a more or less internal way so the user becomes like the conduit for the data flow of it it's really just a MacGuffin that they use to explain why the Gundam kills people but basically what I'm trying to say is to use a Gundam it takes a toll on your body and eventually you will die from riding a Gundam because it has a kind of you have to raise the what they call the permit score so you can use it better and unlock more abilities of it and so for the most part whenever you raise your permit score too much your body eventually gives out that being said they are in this vanadis research station whatever to actually not only build guns as mobile suits as mechas but also to research medical implications for the, the um, technology they never really explain what the te technology involves or how it works but it gives out that this they could invent something that does not kill the person using it so there's this but from the prologue we get that there are a lot of corporate interests involved in doing this research on the mechas specifically because they can sell weapons more than medical equipment and so they have basically to build a mecha in order to make enough money to research the medical equipment and so this whole thing is is pretty messed up from the get-go and so but basically this is the setup uh, what we learn from the prologue so we have Elnora and Nadine as the researchers and their daughter Eriki Eri, sorry, Erichi, and it's Erichi's birthday on that specific day, and so they are going to celebrate, but then uh, something on the, let's say, other side of the galaxy is happening, that is the Cathedra Treaty, let's say, that basically purges all of the major corporations of the galaxy of using Gundams. So Gundams become illegal from that point forward and actually they go to destroy all the Gundams. So meanwhile, the guys are basically researching Gundams and whatever. There's a strike force going straight to the Vanities Institute and basically killing off anyone that has anything to do with Gundams. And it's pretty messed up and sets up some things. 
I'm jumping the gun here, but basically, Eonora and Erichi escape inside of a Gundam, and everybody else in the institute dies. So Nadine dies, uh, every one of the friends that Eonora has die, uh, everybody die. And from this point forward, uh, we see this really gruesome scene of the guys from, they call the anti-witch or witch hunters coming after this one gun that has left that has Eonora and Erichi in it but then Erichi shows a major talent let's say it's it's something that they at the very least they they, they more or less show that it is something biological that Erichi has a higher resistance to this permit score increase so she has a really high resistance to permit score and so she can actually control the Gundam really well. So, for the most part, Erichi, as a three-year-old, she kind of controls the Gundam without actually knowing it and wrecks everybody else. And we have this really dreary shot of Elnora actually watching her daughter destroy everyone and actually kill people without actually knowing. And it's pretty grim. And this sets up... This prologue alone sets up the whole theme, the whole... Not only theme, but the whole sentiment of the whole series. So there is this juxtaposition of being kind of cute and being really fucked up and gruesome at the same time and this is something that will have a whole lot of more times throughout the series and I'll comment on some of them but easy to say that at the start of this episode serial we see Elnora and Erichi as the survivors from the Venice what would be the Venadis incident and the guy that actually announced and signed the treaty the guy the leader of the the cathedra and that will eventually become the president of the Benedict group Deling Rembrandt and so this, this is the prologue this prologue it's pretty gruesome it goes from being cute and wholesome to really edgy and really really almost a slasher film at some point so I'll get to that so then episode one we see uh let's say a grown-up Erichi being called now Soleta flying to her new school on the moon and with her on a not announced Gundam but her personal mobile suit called Aerial and then from the get-go we see already how her mother Elnora has actually changed because the first episode has a time skip of 21 years since the Vanadis incident so it is implied that Eonora basically fled the Vanadis under the radar and set up a company on Mercury and so has raised Erichi as a single mother from... I think she has like 16, 17 from the point that we start the anime. And basically, Sureta is being transported to the moon where there is this prestigious school that is within the benedict group so we get this whole setting where all the um, all the characters that we actually see are within the benedict group the benedict group is a conglomerate of different let's say companies that do mobile suit related things and other stuff majorly there are some big guys some small guys Suleta's case in this in this group is one of the smaller companies so it's basically a, a mining company and for so, it's really strange at the beginning of how a mining company so small from mercury has the resources to actually fund 
research on a mobile suit and not really sell it. But that's kind of shoved to the side in order to kind of build up other stuff in the plot. Outside of that, there are three major companies. Getaku, I may be watching these names, Piero and Graciel. Gracia. I don't actually remember how, how do you pronounce it. But basically, inside this school, there are houses, a fraternity, something akin to that. And they're more than, I don't think they actually mentioned the exact number, but we have to assume that it has one house for each major company. Majorly, what happens is that there are three major houses and then the one that our heroine chooses to help that is the smallest and weakest house. So the three major houses are Jetaku, Piero and Gracid, and then the one that is left in the dust, the, the one that is poor, the earth house. So I have to term, have to finish the setting before I, I start with the actual story, sorry. So the earth house is kind of just people from earth. So there is this huge divide and I don't actually know if this happens in more Gundams in this one, but earth is considered basically a lost cause as a planet because it has a whole lot of destruction, proxy wars and whatever. And it doesn't actually show why there is this interest inside Earth from outside, given that Earth is already lost for the most part. But the thing is, right, so people from Earth are ostracized from society in space for the most part, and basically they are considered poor terrorists or something like that. The terrorist part will, will come up later. Don't don't you don't you worry. Thing is, so getting back to the story. So in her first day, Sureta rescues a girl that is our second heroine, Miorine Rembrandt. So she's the daughter of Derin Rembrandt. And in these 21 years since the, the Vanades incident, Dedin Rembrandt has become the president of the whole Benedict group. So he has control over all the companies. And uh, he has instituted in this school, I don't actually remember how do you pronounce the fucking name, it's really huge. Astericia? I don't actually know. He has instituted the rule that you can basically decide anything with mobile suit duos inside the academy, and the one that has the most wins becomes the holder. The holder is the one that has most wins, or is the one that has defeated the guys with the most wins. So you can actually, uh, let's say, become the king by killing the king, let's say. A king of the hill, more or less. And so, the thing is, when you get to be the holder, uh, there's this one rule that Daddy instituted, that if his daughter is to become 17, she has to marry the holder. Doesn't matter uh, gender or whatever. And so, from the get-go... We learned that Miorina doesn't actually like this thing. And Miorina is really a, a kind of tsundere that one really boss the walls, a hardcore, I don't like authority, I don't like my father, and I don't like... The whole thing, she hates her father at the beginning. And really just... that I can't actually explain that much, but the trope is used mo most of the time in this like the denzel distress because she's basically locked inside the tower and then there is someone that's trying to rescue her or she's trying to escape so in the first episode sureta rescues her from outer space because she's, she was trying to actually escape from the moon and reach earth because she knows 
that on Earth the group doesn't actually have that much influence, so she could like vanish from there and basically get rid of this this obligation of marrying whoever is the holder that she doesn't choose. Cutting really short here, we see from the get-go the first, uh, let's say, main side character that appears, uh, Guer Jetaku, the head of the Jetaku house. He's this uh, macho, really front-facing, never-run-away kind of guy, and he's really hot-headed at the start, and really just... If anyone, and he's the current holder. One of the rules is that the holder cannot refuse a challenge for a duel. And so Myrine kind of, in on a whim, uh, says to Sureta that she needs her to fight. It's something like that. And she fights. And uh, this is the thing, right? She just wrecks the guy. And, and it's... And this is the thing, the, the just juxtaposition that I mentioned earlier. Uh, I don't know if it is something like that, but Sureta is just such a sweet girl, and, and she's really innocent at the start. She she's really really just a child at the very start. She doesn't have any idea of anything, and for the most part, she the only thing that she knows for certain is using Ariel as a mobile suit. But also, uh, we are on a school, so there there are regulations and, and limiters put on, so people don't kill themselves. And so, uh, for the majority of Gundams, the pilot is inside the, um, let's say, the abdomen part of the, the robot. And so, the actual target in these duels is the antennas on each of the models. It is somewhat arbitrary but most models have these antennas really out there so there shouldn't be any problem fighting with them that being said Guel and Sureta fight Sureta uh, she not only wins but she wrecks the guy it, it is not even funny if you saw that being a fight between humans I can guarantee you it would be a bloodbath it would be really 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 gruesome but we are talking about the mecha anime here, so it's not really that much. The thing that comes out of most fights that involves Sureta destroying someone is that the destruction that she brings with Ariel is so overblown and so unnecessary. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it or if it was intended by the, um, the guys making the anime. But the thing is, whenever Ariel has these, let's say... They eventually uh, reveal that she's a Gundam, so that it doesn't actually really matter. But she has these Gambits, so these, let's say, mini drones that she kind of controls. And they will, you they launch lasers and it can become like uh, actual blades. And they're moved to use and then can create also a kind of sh- deflecting shield and whatever. The thing is, uh, it comes out that majorly these drones could just one-shot anyone on the antenna really easily, but even still, it rips all the appendages of any of the guns of the mobile suits that appear before her before finishing the guy. I don't know if they do it for the drama of the fight or if it is intended to say that it is gruesome from the get-go because it becomes important later on. That being said, we 
then get the first season. The first season is basically this really, really big setup where we have each of the houses, basically. And and I'm really glossing over it because I, I don't want this review to be one hour long. We have a series of events in each of the episodes we have basically a different house trying to win over uh, Suleta because Suleta becomes the holder of she after she defeats Guel and then Gu we have this side plot this whole plot line of Guel being the guy that wants to have his father's approval as the next head of the company but then uh, there, there's a whole thing and I will talk more about it later but the thing is he has his own, each of the main characters let's say have their own plot lines and really it, it becomes kind of a clusterfuck more or less later on but it's still so Guel loses and then from this point on we get the introduction of new characters so we have the introduction of the earth house and the fact that Miorine doesn't actually belong to any house she lives in the headmaster's office more or less that is her father's office because her father doesn't actually go to the school to watch her or do anything and so she she's basically abandoned by her father uh we get from the re the start that her mother passed away years back. I don't actually remember if it was when she gave birth to... But whatever. Thing is, uh, we get the introduction of the guys from the Earth House. So the Earth House has our main side characters. So for the, the important ones are Nika, who is the top mechanic. Choo Choo, who is the other pilot that is a really radical tsundere of, of some kinds. And yeah, I think basically that's it for the earth house there's martin that actually has a strong presence in the second season the, the other ones are just side characters that give some colorful commentaries through troll things and help on some stuff but uh, basically the one the two that are important are nika and chuchu all of the earth guys in the house are orphans so they all kind of are ostracized from the the whole thing, the whole school at large. We see that Choo Choo has a really strong despise, not on, not even a prejudice, but he, she despises spatians, as they call them, with a passion. Not so much to do anything, let's say, ultra-violent, but she, as being the the more violent Sundere, she trolls down more times than not. And we see a lot of times that the patients also kind of bully them a bit, for the most part, for some time at the very least, until things happen and Guel kind of gets out of the school, but that that's a side thing. The thing is, the first season then we get from House Jetaku, we get Guel and his little brother Lauda then we have the the as I already said the sideline of Guel having to even getting out of the house because his his father uh, does not approve of him losing because his father is power hungry and the one way that he sees himself actually raising to the ranks is if Guel uh, marries Mionine because of the the clause of the holder kind of rule and so the, their whole stick for the first season in the Jataka house is that Guel has to win the holder title back. So they even get into cheating and so on and so forth. It's pretty messed up. It gets pretty messed up too because Guel has is the kind of prideful character. So it really be, catches up to him when the cheating gets 
discovered, let's say. But that's the Jetaku part. The other part is the Piao House. The Piao House has only one character that we actually get to actually see, that is Eran Seris. The thing with Eran Seris is that the Piao the House, the Piao Company, is really strange. They have this whole thing that they have their four, let's say, operations officers. I don't actually know if they have even names. There are grandmas, let's say, that operate the whole company for the most part. They act as CEOs, but the, then there's this thing where the company has an AI that chooses a CEO and then they they get the, the hire the CEO as the CEO but doesn't actually reveal the guy to the public for some reason and due to the high interest in the fact that the holder can marry Mjolnir and gain political power inside the group they have this underground project of creating people with high Permit score resistance with the face of the CEO, Eran Seres, to then get guns inside the school to test them and try to win the holder title. It's really convoluted and doesn't actually make much sense. They never really explain anything. But it is to say that we meet the student Eran Seres more than once and uh, we meet two of them and whenever one fails to get the holder title they kill them so the first Eran Seres has a somewhat deep connection with Sureta and even to the point that we start to think that yeah maybe this kind of marriage stuff won't happen or if it happens they will just stall it till the clause is new so Sureta can drop the engagement and go with the guy but then he is forced to fight Sureta with his own Gundam called Farakto and he fails because Sureta is just better, I guess. We later on learn that Ariel is strictly better than any other Gundam present in the whole series, but that's beside the point. The thing is, he dies and then they substitute him with another Eren Seris that is totally different from the other guy and then the whole thing starts to pick up from that. The, the other Eren Seris takes a long ass time to actually uh, flourish as a character, but eventually when he comes around it's it's kind of good the thing is then we get the last house and this is the part where when i'm talking about the the Grecio house it kind of i have to explain the whole season from the point that we reach this part because the Grecio house is the last house that actually has an involvement with trying to get Ariel and trying to win over the holder stuff but not only that but they are the the catalyst that pushes the second season. So, let's start. The Graysell House is controlled by... I will not remember his surname, but it's Shadik. Shadik is the adopted son of the, let's say, the vice president of the Benedict Tour. The thing is, the whole season, there is this side plot that Jetaka wants to kill Delin Rembrandt because the, the, the Vin Jetaka is the, the guy, the father of Guel Jetaku and Lauda Jetaku that is the CEO of the Jetaku company. And so it's one under the, basically one of the guys under Delin Rembrandt. And so the thing is, he wants to kill Danny Rembrandt to actually try to get a run at the presidency of the group. It's a really convoluted plotline, but the thing is, he wants to... There is this whole thing where 
people want to kill that in Rembrandt for one reason or another. Okay, so there, there's this whole side plot of trying to kill that in Rembrandt. And so there's this whole build-up that happens where Shadik has this whole uh, code of honor and hubris about himself. And not only hubris, but he has this kind of really obscure objective that we don't actually get to uh, understand much. I, I don't actually think they, they explain it well enough because it's kind of meh. But he wants to overtake the whole system. So, actually, Shadik is a Nerfian adopted by the CEO of the Grizzly Group, the Grizzly Company. And the thing is, he wants to overthrow this whole system and wants to get Earth good stuff, let's say. So he wants Earth to not be ostracized anymore and have equal ground to the rest of the group. The thing is, he's so mad on his own ideals that at some point he tries to he schemes everywhere he he can to get the support from Yorine even to the point that he doesn't actually want frontal assault as getting the holder title because he doesn't actually want to fight Sureta and by proxy Miorine let's say, head first. He doesn't actually want direct direct conflict with her because he actually likes her. But at some point, he has to fight. It's a real build-up because it comes out that actually it is revealed that Ariel is actually a Gundam and Gundam are prohibited. And then they have this whole bullshit storm where Miorine has to create... A company inside the crew buying out the assets cons uh, considered illegal in the guns. So both Ariel from the Mercury company that's owned by Sureta's mother and the Faracto from Piero, the Piero company to then pivot it into creating medical equipment using Gundam technology and kind of basically getting the blind eye from the corporate body that has to regulate this so the guys that like have to fight guns basically give the blind eye to this fact and it actually doesn't actually come become clear of how she gets this outside from nepotism because she pleads her father to get it so the thing is this this whole series gets pretty messed up from this point on because after the the company is established Shadik begins to get in their way so he wants to first not let her get the company inside the school so he changes the rules so companies can't actually do whatever so he tries to buy out of her doesn't work she then fights him they push this kind of stuff and, and this is a highlight of the first season episode 9 i think where they push this thing around the duo that the what shadix wants is the whole company that miori creates and the assets so he wants ariel and fracto more ariel altogether fracto doesn't actually way on that but uh, the thing is he wants the Gundams and the company and Miorine wants the rules about creating a company changed back so she can actually create a company the thing is they push this 6v6 format they only have their house guys they don't actually have enough mobile suits to actually fight and basically don't actually have any other pilots because at this point Guel is living in the woods and doesn't actually want anything to do with 
with dueling because his father has prohibited him from doing so. And the whole thing kind of comes up as we don't actually have enough pilots. We get the the mobile suits, but the only two people that can actually fight is Sudeta with Ariel and Choo Choo with her kind of somewhat customized training mobile suit. It doesn't actually comes out as a fully customized, personalized mobile suit, but comes out as more of a training one that they got to buy and change up a bit for her own style of fighting. Thing is, it's one of the best fights in the whole series, in my humble opinion, because, oh my god, I, it's been quite some time since I rooted so much for the the heroine to win. I wanted so much that they won the fight, that they could smash Shaddix's heads in, and... and just like get that oh my god it comes up and it's pretty dramatic because shadik has six pilots and six really good really good mobile suits he is well equipped for that so it comes out as 6v6 but it's more like 6v2 6v1 actually and so for the first I don't know, the first few seconds of the fight his whole entourage liquidates everyone except for and they don't actually liquidate, it doesn't actually show that much, but they don't actually hit all their antennas, so they don't actually are out of the fight, they are more incapacitated. So basically they break all their appendages of the mobile suits they were using, but doesn't actually kill them off the, the competition. And at this point, uh, Soleta has basically done this done everyone in it's down to a 1v1 Shadik with Sureta but Sureta is uh, Ariel is damaged at this point I think it's missing an arm and a leg and so she can't really run and use the use the drones because at this point it's also become clear that Shadik came in really prepared and does it comes out as an illegal move but doesn't actually uh, account to anything that he gets anti-gundam technology that the witch hunters use to actually kill gundam uh, doesn't actually kill them but i mean deactivates the the gundam the gundam parts let's say and it comes out as an illegal move and something that he could, sh he shouldn't be able to do, but doesn't doesn't actually count to anything because apparently he's in a um, position inside the school that he can actually do anything with the student body. So fuck it. And from this point forward, the whole thing just comes crumbling down. Sureta is going to lose, and at the last second, when he's charging up his cannon to break the antenna and get the holder title, he gets shot in the antenna. And oh my god, what the fuck. And then we see this shot of everybody from the Earth House uh, raising up Choo Choo, that's the only one with the gun left, and with one shot hits the guy out of, out of contention. And oh my god, I was, I was cheering. I was, oh my god, yes, that's it. That's the stuff. Really, really nice fight. Oh my god. This is the high point of the series. From the, from this point forward, whole thing goes out the window so fast. Oh shit. So, this is episode 9. Sureta maintains the, the holder side. Okay. And then we get to, to the bad part. And this is where I need to start to be a little careful with what I say. Because I don't actually want to spoil what happens in the second season. Because from this point forward, we can count episode 10 to the rest as second season because the second season is bad i don't like the second season 
I, I personally don't like the second season. The first season, I, I like it a lot. It has Yuri, it has school setting, it has mecha. Mecha fights that are actually well animated. A friendship canon episode 9, I was really liking that shit. And then the whole thing just, just, oh my god. It, it okay. So... Let's start from the beginning. So, Shadek loses the fight, and he sees that his plan has backfired, so he does not have the power, and he's getting desperate for one reason or another. I don't actually remember what actually triggers it, but at some point, he just goes there and... I want power right now. I want I want to wreck this whole system. I want to wreck this whole company. I, I don't care. I want Earth to get better and whatever. What happens is, and this is a really bad plan. So he gets Nika from the Earth house to contact her parents, let's say. It's kind of her parents, her paternal figure. It, it is implied that she was created inside of, is a terrorist cell inside of Earth. So they are a terrorist cell that fights his patients for one reason or another. It doesn't actually come up, but it kind of reminds me of the idea of the Irish Republic Army, but that's that's besides the point. The thing is, Shadik has Nika contact them because Nika apparently owns him something for getting her to the school, and she contacts them, and they get this whole plan of let's kill Daring Rembrandt when he goes to this place called Plant Quetta. And so the whole thing goes down like this. So everybody goes to Plant Quetta because there's something that needs to be done to Ariel inside Plant Quetta. And so everybody's there. Everybody in the Earth House goes. Everybody in the Miodinus company go. And also, for one reason or another, Sureta's mother appears there. And then we audience get to see that Sureta's mother has connection to that in Rembrandt for one reason or another. It does not become clear at this point. But then the whole thing is Jetakus, Vin Jetakus, the, the Jetakus CEO, comes to Shadik, gives the plan to let's kill that in Rembrandt. Shadik double crosses him, launches the attack earlier. The CEO from Jetaka is kind of a hothead and really prides himself on being a ex-soldier or something, goes out to fight. For one reason or another, at this point, Well has been expelled from the school and gets inside of a Gundam for some reason to try to escape and save everyone. He ends up killing his father. I'm really just throwing out there. He ends up killing his father, falls to Earth, goes through this trauma arc really quickly, all things considered, but goes through this trauma arc and gets... Well, really suffers on this part. The whole thing comes out as there is this terrorist attack on Plant Quetta. Nobody actually dies from that. The things that actually happen on that, and it, it is a pretty shitty situation, is that uh, we see that Sureta is really... How can I say that? Submissive to her mother? She doesn't actually have much of a critical mind when it comes to her mother's wishes, so she does anything she asks for, even if it is really unreasonable. And so... It's kind of, it's kind of messed up. I, I can't actually describe this in much... But it is the sudden trauma that we see in media where the person sees someone actually being killed in front of them for the first time or something, and they have this kind of mental breakdown. But then Sureta's mother kills someone to save her and gives a really bad excuse to killing someone. And Sureta just gets out of her trauma and just like, yeah, that's okay, which is pretty messed up. And there's this 
There's the fact that the guys from the Earth House, mainly Martin, discover that Nika has a, a connection to the terrorists because nobody actually knew about that. So he discovers because Nika does a kind of SOS, kind of Morse code to don't uh, don't shoot this ship. We are on your side because at this point they send two actual guns to destroy everything from the plant, but they end up being saved by this fact. But then again. Nika kind of reveals herself as kind of a terrorist, and so Martin eventually reports her to the authorities. It comes up later. The, f the thing is, and it ends up as in the 12th episode of the first season, I don't like the, this two core kind of stuff. I hate it. Sureta saves Miorire, but it's pretty gruesome. And now here's the, the side note that I need to give to, to this part. On episode 12 of the first season, I don't actually know why they do it, but there's this one fight where Sureta kind of, kind of takes on two Gundams at once, they end up fleeing because for the most part their objective of killing Dering Rembrandt has already kind of not worked. Kind of did, kind of don't, they don't actually know that he's unconscious at that point, but Dering Rembrandt, he saves Miorine at the last second from debris of an explosion, which is that cute kind of, yeah, I'm an asshole father, but I will save you because you are my daughter. And so there's this whole emotional kind of stuff. And so th there is this and here is the thing, right? There's the juxtaposition again. After the credits, there's this one scene where Sureta actually finds Miorine, and there's a, one guy still armed with the terrorists trying to kill Miorine and her father because at this point Miorine is trying to get her father to safety because he's been injured. And Sureta appears in the area and smashes the guy like a, like a fucking fly. <laughs> and it's really gruesome. And when she gets out, although it's kind of cathartic at the start, when Miorine sees Sureta coming to her, her rescue, uh, the way they frame it when she actually touches the, let's say, the mortal remains of the guy that she just smashed and stands out her hand with the whole slathered in blood, it's really not nice. It's really messed up. And here comes the juxtaposition of being cute and then being really edgy in a span of two seconds and basically it ends and gives the basically gives the whole sentiment of the second season that is decay suffering and uh, Miorine having doubts about her liking Sureta because at this point Miorine is pretty is liking Sureta for real but then this scene kind of breaks everything out now the second season starts with, oh my god, that in Rembrandt is reported injured in action, so there is this whole thing where they don't actually know if he will wake up again. There is this start where they want to start, uh, and also the jet. At this point, Guel Jetaku was missing in action. Vin Jetaku, that was the CEO, the father, is reportedly dead by an, a terrorist, because at this point, Guel was using a terrorist Gundam to flee for some reason and ends up killing his father by accident. So Lauda has to be the new CEO and the PL company is just a amount of, oh my God, the PL company has the, do some asshole stuff later on. I, I don't care to explain it. it. doesn't actually come up much, but it is pretty bad. And so there is this thing where they want to do an election for the next head of the whole group. And so things start really moving on and shit, man. There's this one revelation that happens that I will not talk about because they, it's a kind of little stuff that 
kind of changes the whole perspective of the whole series. And but basically, and this is a thing that I hate. I hate, 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 hate. I oh my god, I fucking oh I hate it when they do it. What I I like to call the soft betrayal. The um, I will betray you now and do do you dirty although i love you because it's better for you i hate that but basically right mutant knowing that she kind of needs to become the new head of the group she needs support from within the company and at this point shadik being from the gracie house and negotiating with the PL company, he has two houses behind him. That amounts to the fact that Mjolnir has no support. And so the one person that she can actually try to get help from is Dejataku. And at this point, Guel has gone through his trauma phase. He goes to Earth and lives with the terrorists for, for a bit, uh, but gets back and everything back to kind of normal. The thing is, when... Mjolnir comes up with this plan of, I need your help, you are going to be the new CEO of Jetaco because you're back and whatever. She soft betrays Sureta and Sureta suffers a lot on this season. It's a really high amount of suffering because first Mjolnir kind of manipulates Sureta into dueling Jetaco with Ariel in, on the line. Then she cheats so so Guer can win because they kind of it's a it's kind of a really convoluted stuff but at some point Mjolnir confronts Eonora about the fact that Sureta doesn't actually question her on anything and re that's really fucked up then Elnora challenges her to say that if you want Sureta free from me, get me Ariel, but then I can set Sureta free, but I need Ariel. And then they kind of get this convoluted plan where she gets a piece of software to Mjolnir to install Sureta's, uh, let's say, uh, PDA that activates the, the Gundam actually. I like the key of the Gundam, whatever. In the middle of the fight, Mjolnir activates this software, Ariel just shuts down, gets domed in the antenna, gets out of contention, and so she loses the holder title, and Mjolnir just fucking, oh my god, it's so overblown, Mjolnir just dumps on her, she cries a whole lot, and really tugs at my heart, man. Tugs at my heart because at this point I, I really like Solita. I, I mean, it is fucked up that she doesn't actually question her mother. Yes, that that's fucked up as well. At this point, we can actually see that Sureta's mother is kind of planning something devious involving revenge from the fact that Dating Rembrandt was the the perpetrator of the Vanadis incident 21 years ago. Yes, we can see that already. It's not even close. They don't actually need to tell us that. We can see that she's fucked up. And at this point, the whole thing... Oh my god. And then the one next thing, now that Sureta has has lost the title of Holder, well has gone off to school. Adam said is at this point is borderline. <laughs> I can't actually say that word on YouTube on more, or most of the things. They, they, he tries to force her. Let's just say that the whole thing is kind of crumbling. The only people that still kind of are her friends for real, for real, is the Earth guys. And at this point, Nika is is locked up because of suspicion of involvement with terrorists. And even more, there is these two girls that 
were from the terrorist cell that we saw at the end of the first season that enrolled in the school for some reason, begin wrecking havoc, Sureta has to kind of save everyone, kind of. One of them ends up dying, the other one gets to be hiding inside of Grizzly's house because Shadik is the one pulling all the strings. Shadik even fucking kidnaps his own father to get to the point that he's CEO so he can participate on the running for the new president of the group and the whole thing just keeps piling on and at some point there's this one reunion where Sureta can actually go back and enter Ariel for the last time and so there is this whole sequence where Sureta has this inside conversation with Ariel because she kind of converses with Ariel for some reason, the Gundam was alive, I don't know. And then she's ejected from Ariel, her mother comes up and says, I'm freeing you, go back to school, I don't want to see you anymore. And there's this whole shot where she's crying, left in space, with a distress signal on her side at the very least, so she doesn't die. But oh my god, it's so... oh my god, I, I don't know what's up with having the main character server so much. It's really... oh my god. I, I really, I actually really thought of just dropping it. At this point, when Sureta lost her mother, her Gundam, her bride, her everything. I just want. I, I I just went. I really am thinking about dropping it. I, I was like, oh my god, this is this shit. This shit. I can't even I can't even start to try to justify this. Why why did you need to do so much? And then later at this point in the review, I'm just rambling. But oh my god. And then they oh. They get this whole thing fucked up. So at this point that Sureta's mother has the Eonora has Ariel back, she starts this whole massive plan of destroying all the Gundams that made the Vanities incident happen. And then she wants to actually create this massive data storm that they call it. So she can take control of everything that uses the permit system link and whatever control of it so she can stop conflict ever again but at the same time it's kind of fucked up because it, it, there is this underlining that she would take revenge if she got it and then there is this huge rush where they have to pep talk Sureta a lot to get her back in her feet and then so she can actually grow up and oh my god it's it's a really lot of suffering still there's this shot where she's she's on her bed with with the with the pillow and she stays like that for like three days and oh my god it's really really oh i i don't like this part i don't like this part thing is ends up that sureta has to board another gundam that kind of nearly kills her she gets up to permit score nine for some reason does a miracle and everybody leaves basically <laughs> This is the major spoiler, I, I don't care. Everybody leaves, nobody dies at this point. Nobody dies, nobody dies. I, I, I was really uh, impressed and at the same time kind of, I don't know, disappointed that the stakes were so low at this point because I knew for a fact that someone would die. I, I kind of expected that. Turns out nothing happened, actually. And so they make up, Miorine and Sureta, and the author later on on an interview confirmed that they actually marry. Though I would want a fucking episode about them marrying. I This is a thing now, we are getting right into my opinion. First thing that I want to say, 24 episodes 
plus the prologue, no kisses, no Yuri kisses. This is a fucking travesty. How in the fuck do you get Yuri Gundam and I don't have one Yuri kiss? One? This is fucking bullshit. So, now, for, for real, uh, let's get my opinion. So, first things first. The juxtaposition of cute and fucked up, I, I don't like it. Uh, they do the same trick repeatedly every other episode in the second season. I, uh, as I already said, I don't like the second season at all. I wanted the, that the first season at two episode nine, that was the whole show. Unfortunately, that wasn't. I think they tried to cram a whole lot of plot points all together. Nothing gets explained, really. The first season, I think it's perfect for what, what it is. The last episode is just the hook for the second season. The other thing is, watching the second season, having my perspective kind of broken by the little surprise that they leave there. I have the feeling that they wanted a third season, but I can confirm that. I feel like they wanted because a whole lot of plot points kind of get thrown together and write it off really quickly. There's a part in there that Lauda almost kills Guero and almost kills himself because he's inside of Gundam and whole thing. But then they are saved by a really side character from the Jotak house. And that's kind of cute and alright, but at the same time, kind of... You, you could explain that more, right? Because Lala come, coming up to, to Guero and almost killing him kind of doesn't make sense for the most part. It kind of makes sense, kind of don't, but still. The thing is, I think they wanted more time to explain on some things. I wish they had, but we don't have it, so is life. The other thing is, aside from the plot points, I really don't like how they do this thing where they talk about a whole lot of things in this anime. So there's terrorism, there is refugees, there is prejudice, uh, xenophobia, what, whatever you want to talk about. There's this thing where uh, corporate wars and political intrigue, that kind of is okay, but at the same time, I think they, they kind of overdo it, because I, I think the point is that the guys doing the political stuff, they kind of drag the kids into it, but then to me, the thing kind of breaks off at the point that Shadik becomes the main villain, pulling all the strings and doing the best because there, then there's a kid actually doing it and I don't think that it would be like that. It becomes kind of really hard to follow at this point because the suspension of disbelief kind of cracks a bit. But at the same time, the story kind of doesn't actually give much space to expand on it. Also, there is this one thing, and this is a point more on pace, episode pacing more than anything. There is this one episode, I don't actually remember what number it is. It's after, it's strictly after Sureta loses Ariel and her mother gets Ariel. She kind of starts a whole confusion inside Earth, so they have these violent riots and they, they kind of do a whole stuff where they kind of want to get a ceasefire so Mjolnir can get support from Earth. But then Sureta's mother kind of uses Ariel's abilities to hack uh, permit links and whatever to kind of shoot on her direction but not actually hitting her. He hacks inside of a tank or whatever and then actually does that. And then there is this point where we see a scene of what Sureta is doing, then Mjolnir suffering watching shit blows, then we see Elnora doing shit, then we see again 
Mjolnir suffering from shitting blowing. Then we see Sureta saying shit blowing on the TV. Then we see Mjolnir suffering again. It's kind of messed up and really breaks the... the... And this is a whole thing throughout the episode, right? It's really bad pacing, in my opinion. But uh, I've... Uh... I've slandered enough already, I, I think, at the very least. The thing is, the thing is, as my first Gundam experience, what did I think? I'm still hurt by the fact that there's no Yuri Kiss in the whole series. That's a minus. The animation, I think it's superb for the most part. Really nice stuff. There are a bit of scene recycling and whatever, but for the most part, pretty nice. The story itself, kind of debatable, I guess. I kind of like it, kind of don't. I have mixed feelings on it. The plot twist, though, the plot twist got me hard. The little surprise that they dropped, that got me really hard. I mean, I, I can't even start, but oh my god, when they said it, I was like, holy shit, what? And then the, everything broke to me. Everything in the series really broke me. And th that was incredible. It was incredible. The, the thing that I want is plot twist that I don't see coming. That kind of makes sense. It's kind of kind of not making sense. It, it's space magic, whatever. But oh my god, when it came up, I, I lost it, which is pretty nice. So the story is mixed. The animation is pretty good. The music now, and here's the thing. The first opening... I don't actually remember the name. I think it's Wish from Yasubi. I, I can't be wrong about it. Really nice. Uh, really, really nice. The first ending, uh, not much to write home about. The second opening, not much to write home about. The second ending, though, second ending is awesome. It's hard to listen to, in my opinion, because I generally use headphones more tuned to, to higher pitch noises, let's say. And... Really, the first note that she gives out when she starts to sing really hard on the ears, but the song is amazing. Given that, music is plus. It's it's nice. For the third time, I need to say this. I'm really hurt that was no kiss scene and they didn't give us the marriage episode. I really wish they did. I don't know. They, I think they are already developing the next gun, so whatever, but still. So, before I give the wrap-up, just a little bit, for this one month, January, I want to actually do this episode about The Witch from Mercury, that I think is the most wholesome new Gundam, new age Gundams, uh, new age Gundams means that the outside from the original 70s till the 2008, I think, anime, the new age Gundams is 2010 forward, I think, so from this Age of Gundam, from what I know, Witch from Mercury is the most wholesome and most approachable one. The next one that I want to watch is the complete opposite, is the most, from what I know, edgy and really hard on the on the story. Gundam that is Iron Blood Orph Orphans, that I hear is one of the hardest one. It goes hard with themes and ideas and the whole thing is kind of messed up. Now, this is a spoiler for next week, but whatever. Outside from that, I hope you like this review. If you like what I do, if you like the show, please like, please follow, please subscribe. Depending on the platform you're in, please join the Discord. And I hope you guys stick around for the next one. Bye.